0: Uh, The views expressed in the It Takes What It Takes Letter Carrier podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. They do not represent any government agency or NGO or labor organization.
1: The It Takes What It Takes Letter Carrier podcast is 100% DIY, not-for-profit. Any advertising revenue is used to cover operational costs, and all excess revenue is donated to charity. In Episode 5 of It Takes What It Takes, a Letter Carrier podcast, Travis and Dave are back. In this episode, we recap our recent vacations, as well as discuss the new route evaluation and adjustment process, and we cap it off with some reminders on summer safety and heat-related illness. So, welcome to It Takes What It Takes, a Letter Carrier podcast. A podcast where we talk about all things sling in the mail. My name is Travis, and in my former home of Indiana, Dave. Cool, cool. And we are both coming back off of several weeks of vacation here. (laughs) It has been been wonderful. Uh, I'll go first. I've been off since... Since uh, Memorial Day weekend here, and I did 145 miles on the Appalachian Trail. It was uh,
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah, super rad experience. Uh, Though I learned a lot, and I definitely uh, made some mistakes, especially when it came to travel logistics. And I ended up having to spend a lot more money than I wanted to. That, but you know, me
0: on every vacation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely incurred some. uh, some auxiliary costs there. <clears throat> but uh, aside from that, uh, it was a really, really cool experience, and I'm really looking forward to going back and doing another section and uh, in another time for sure. I think the uh, Great Smoky so would Mountains... Would
0: you rather do that for... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I think the uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park is going to be the next target on my, uh, on my list there.
0: Nice. So would you rather do that for a living, or would you rather still carry mail?
1: <laughs> oh oh sorry uh if i could uh get away with being a semi-homeless person in the woods for, for yeah i'd get uh, paid for it yeah I'd, I'd be on board with that absolutely 100 percent right on but uh <laughs> you know my, i believe my wife would have would uh she would have some objections to, <laughs> to that, just to, to yeah, say the least. not you
0: can't neglect your duties at home. No, no.
1: And how was the uh, how was the Southwest, Dave?
0: Oh, it was awesome. Um, you know, um, we ended up going out to Flagstaff uh, for more or less the, the majority of the time, but we stopped. We took like five days to get out there, but we stopped in multiple places. Stopped over in Denver. That was cool um it was like uh in the high 60s the morning that we left to go out of denver into utah uh, got in the mountains it was 31 degrees snowing snowing like a bitch um i even uh videotaped a couple of uh three high schoolers uh snowboarding down a mountain man <laughs> this is just before memorial day so and then you get down to the bottom of the mountain and it's it's 60 some degrees again so it's almost like it is here sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I um, one thing I love about elevation or having mountains in general here where I'm at, uh, when it's 100 yeah. degrees in the valley, I can I can go up a couple thousand feet and it's actually tolerable.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, uh, there it was. Uh, I mean, it, I guess it was it was somewhat tolerable. It was it was 31 degrees, but it was a you know how that's a really warm uh, a winter, especially when it's snowing and it's not really the winds not blowing. Uh, the air was super crisp. I never. Breathe that kind of crisp air before um, it was neat, and then we went on to Utah and uh, checked some things out there, and then went to Flagstaff. So went down to Sedona, Prescott, uh, all cool cities. Uh, I don't think that I can afford to live in Sedona, but I love it there. Um, a little crowded too, but uh, neat to see. Need to see uh, the Southwest, and the weather was pretty good, man. It was like in the high seventies, uh, maybe low mid eighties, high uh, at the highest, you know. Uh, but there was, like, no humidity. So, I mean, it was fantastic. So I would suggest anybody get the opportunity to go there and check it out.
1: Yeah, man, I uh, I think I mentioned this the last time we spoke, but I, I went down to Arizona two springs ago. I don't know. It was, like, January-ish. But, man, driving through Utah, Utah is just one of the most – you wouldn't think it just from – just a, a, from a from a casual like bystanders look at it, you'd be like Utah. What what's what's in Utah? Salt Lake City. But, Man, driving through Utah is just one of the most gorgeous places that I've ever been through, and it really is. All those yeah. national parks that they have there. You know, <clears throat> you can get a uh, national park pass through their through their website, and I think like if you go to like three or four parks in a year, the the year pass pays for it has paid for itself so if you're going through a state like utah where you can stop in at three parks and a national monument or something like that you you it pays for itself it's like a hundred and some odd bucks but it costs 30 bucks to get into a park anyway so <clears throat> over yeah, here we went, to, uh, we went to bryce
0: canyon i'm sorry i, I no, was just saying ahead, we went to ahead. bryce canyon i think it was i think it was 35 bucks to get in but if you're a veteran and you show proof of that uh it's free oh, so rad. we went there went uh grand canyon was the exact same thing didn't have to pay to get in there either sweet and like i said you're saving yourself 35 dollars. so i mean it's it's quite a bit of money it's not jump change it's not 10 bucks five bucks it's 35 dollars to get in so now veterans it's, uh, uh it's a great thing to do
1: it's seven seven gallons of gas nowadays geez
0: how <laughs> <laughs> much is it <laughs> yeah i
1: mean over here uh you know i just live just north of yellowstone and right now uh, oh, yeah. Yellowstone is completely shut down. We've had torrential rains over the past week. I mean, I missed most of them. I, I was in that. the southeast for most of it. But yeah. uh, all five entrances of the park are shut down, and of course, the tourists here in Bozeman are up in arms because what are, we spend all this money, what are we gonna do? You know, and yeah. we're happy. Just nature to happens. Him. We're happy just to see them go. <laughs> but they don't understand. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't understand like how, even though like. Yellowstone gets millions of visitors every single year. Like you're still in a very remote area. There's no like th- there's no yeah. you need like emergency services if you get stuck. Like you need to be airlifted or something. Yep. You can't just drive a vehicle through the park to to help out stranded, stranded tourists or go to a hospital, yeah. But, you know, so it's been I mean the the town's been a little clogged up with with displaced tourists, but Hopefully things will get back to normal here, <laughs> normal here shortly. Here we go. Yeah, I'd
0: say that was one of the things I noticed about the uh, the uh, the Southwest uh, was just uh, and obviously, I mean, it's obvious when you think about it how barren it is and how desolate and how isolated people are. But you really don't really um, get a good grasp of it until you go out there and just see all these people living in uh, homes that are out in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, I, I saw a satellite dish on a TV, and I was like, holy shit, that's like <laughs> 90s, uh, early aughts technology, you know, mm-hmm. people are still using it. Absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, Utah was the same way. That place, uh, I mean, uh, very cool. Um, obviously, very pretty mountains and things like that, but you could tell that place was just ancient just by looking at all the mountains and the stones around it, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, neat to see, though. Well... How did you guys' food drive grow?
1: Uh, the food drive went well. Uh, our town, we—I want to say—we produced like, I want to like sixty-five or seventy-five hundred pounds of food, which is uh, oh, nice. Uh, really, it's a lot. And normally, our food drive is yep. not that successful because our local food bank is hyper-aggressive with their with their uh, collection and donation drives and with other nonprofits throughout the area. Like there's a food drive going on that. somewhere in the Valley uh, at least once a month, maybe once every two months. And, you know, my, uh, my, our food bank here, the Gallatin Valley food bank services, a number of smaller communities outside of, uh, outside of, of Bozeman. You know, there's a lot of yep. small ranching towns that have, 2,000, 3,000 people, you know, and they service this entire geographic area, and kudos to them, I mean, they're getting, they're building a new building here in town, too, which I'm you know, Whoa. we'll see how that goes. I'm not gonna say whether or not I'm super happy. I'm gonna be delivered to it or not. But we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> but you, uh, never know. you know, if their parking lot's more user friendly than the one they got now, I'll, I'll happily, I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, if, and they gotta if they put out a nice there big curb line box, and I don't have to go inside, I'll definitely be happy about that. But that withstanding, Food Drive went really well. I think a lot of it was just coming off of two years of not having any activity and people still realizing that the Postal Service Food Drive is by and far the easiest one that you can contribute to. All you have to do is put the stuff on your porch or on your mailbox or by your CBU or whatever, and we do the rest of the work. You know, it, it's an yep. easy way to, you know, you don't have to go buy something and then take it somewhere. You don't have to like, you're not getting a guilt trip at the grocery store as you're checking out to throw something in the donation the box. logistics is covered. <laughs> yeah, everything, <Yep>. everything's, everything's <laughs> covered. And uh, yep. I think that really, I, I, I think that really, really showed this time around and I know that. They came out, and they were super helpful with us. They brought a box truck out to the post office, and as we were driving in, all you had to nice. do was drive into the driveway, stop your truck, open the doors, throw all the stuff out. They took it, put it right in their, in their box truck, and then you could just go on and go on about your, your, your PM office duties. I mean, it was really – it worked out really, really well.
0: Oh, fantastic. I think – uh, between uh, the city of Mishawaka, where I work, and South Bend next door, the Food Bank in Northern Indiana did, I want to say, it was just over 80,000, I want to say 80,300 and some change pounds of food. We did 20-some uh, thousand, and then South Bend, they, they, they got the other 60 or whatever it was, so they did really good. We, we typically try to shoot for 100,000. Um, that's uh, that's what the, fam- the Food Bank typically likes, to keep the, the shelves full and whatnot. And to help out with the, the need that's there uh we didn't hit it but uh it probably has a lot to do with just COVID and just being out of the, the rhythm of it the weather was pretty decent up until the very end it started to rain a little bit but
1: now, it's funny uh, we had it just started to rain at the end of the day go figure right
0: <laughs> yeah go figure so and uh so we got that out of the way and now uh, we've been battling a couple of heat waves coming through so uh, we got another one coming through basically today and then run through the rest of the week. Uh, high nineties here in Northern Indiana, uh, heat index just over hundred or so, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so, uh, hopefully people are staying hydrated and, uh, if they're not working today and if you are, thanks. Uh, but if you're not working uh, get hydrated, cause you're going to need it tomorrow. <gasps> Tomorrow's my non-scheduled day. So I don't need
1: it. <laughs> yeah. I'm on, uh, I'm on <laughs> annual tomorrow. I saw, I saw nice. the writing on the wall with this one and I, you know, I was doing my vacation planning, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I got to get ahead of this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not messing around." Yeah, by the way,
0: happy Juneteenth! Yeah, happy I'm, not, Juneteenth I'm not messing around with, uh,
1: with the day after a brand new holiday. That's not that's not for me. I'm good. I'll let them yeah. uh, sort that out themselves yeah i just got lucky
0: <laughs> i got lucky I, I worked uh i was gone on vacation came back a week uh and then the week after that which was, would have been last week uh i was doing some union training and then uh i came back to work saturday and then i'm off tuesday when, or sunday monday tuesday so
1: what's I the uh, out. I got a three-day week what's the employment situation looking like over over where you're at right now we have got two new ccas oh, on board but I don't know if they're still there or not. Like nobody, I haven't spoken to anybody since Memorial Day weekend, so they might be gone for all I know. Uh, but I looked at the uh, dues roster just the other day, just uh, keeping up on my my secretarial duties with the branch, sure. and uh, they're still on the rolls as far as those rosters available through the NALC website goes. So I'm hoping <laughs> when I go back to work, they're still going to be there. Fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: uh things are here about the same we actually got a couple people retiring two more regulars uh, at the end of this month so uh and big shout out to them for uh getting their time in and getting out that's great um but uh it just uh it just means two more vacancies and uh hopefully we can get people in the, the pipes to get in we had a job fair i want to say i don't know two three weeks ago give or take hmm. And uh it sounded like from the Postmaster it was uh pretty uh, successful. Um they had a lot of people turn out. I think there was might have been more people wanting to uh interview and apply for the inside jobs if I understood right, but that would probably be obvious. I mean nobody's gonna to wanna to really typically pick the letter carrier craft over uh everything else. So um but it wasn't too bad. So um hopefully we can have a uh, an opportunity to uh, get more people in in the next uh hopefully the next few months because i mean you got to get them trained up right now right before christmas uh now's the time to get them in and really it's almost kind of a cutoff not that i wouldn't want to take them in the fall time but to get them get them broken in it's usually easier to get people broken in during the slower months so
1: yeah definitely you know we had uh some suits come in from the uh we're part of the oregon or portland district now uh yeah Montana, Idaho, and then Oregon, I wanna say are their own district as far as like post the postal management organization right. goes or whatever. Yep. Um these people came into our office and they were the most like aggressively abrasive people, people from ops. Have you ever dealt with ops before? But they're they were awful. Uh, they they briefly. Came in- I don't I
0: don't have much of your-
1: we are our, our only supervisor to my knowledge that I mean, like I said, I've been gone for a month, so things may have changed. But I know that the one supervisor that we had that was a former carrier that really knew uh, a lot about people and everything, she quit. She said, The hell oh. with this? She's gone. So, <clears throat> and these guys came in. Two people from from the district area management came in, and they wanted to see what was wrong with our office. And then they tried to go do you know some recruitment because of course you know they assume that we're just a bunch of lazy ingrates that don't don't appreciate our our work and our jobs or anything, and we're just out here milking it. When it, it actually turns out that we're you know a third of our people are gone and we're completely understaffed. And then they drove out the you know the the supervisor that. <clears throat> actually, was working the hardest to get stuff done, and uh, you know they they went out there and they they were like, well, we're going to go recruit people. We're going to go we're going to go out and we're going to try to get people to come into this job fair, and we're gonna we're gonna go out there and really sell it. And they went down to the mall and started tried to hand yeah. out flyers and recruit people for this, and they got laughed right out of the mall because they're not, <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not paying enough. They're not paying enough in this area uh. to for people who want to come down here and work. That's just all there is to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. McDonald's over here is hiring for 20 bucks an hour, which in Gallatin Valley mm-hmm. is like, you might still need another job. If you're living in Bozeman proper, like I live outside of Bozeman because yeah. I saw the writing on the wall of yeah. that when I moved here, I was like, I, there's no way yeah. I'm living in town. This is absurd. I live in the town next door where, but I digress, you know, just another, uh, <clears throat> excellent example of, how detached uh, the head is from the body of, of this actual operation. And they did the same thing that they do with, with carriers. You know, they came, they drove, the high-quality talent has been driven out, and now we're going to, I'm sure that if I show up on Thursday and the post office hasn't burned down, I'm going to consider that a miracle at this point.
0: <laughs> you know, they they got to understand either you're going to have to, improve the working conditions and keep the pay rate at the same or you're just going to have to increase the pay rate so that people put up with the bullshit yeah i mean it's it is what it is so and that's a shame you know it's it's a shame they can't get people in it's a tough job from the get-go we all know and then just with the way the economy is these days and how you can go out and really like you said, go out and get a 19 20 21 dollar an hour job uh anywhere and not deal with the same yeah. shit. I wouldn't blame people for doing that. So no, and, uh, absolutely not. If I if I could make what I'm making now and get what I'm getting uh, at another place right now, I and not have to work outside, I would do that. So
1: oh yeah, but completely. You luck. know, we got some more stuff coming down the pipeline with the uh, you know these scanners and the craziness that is being incorporated into into this. So we've got oh yeah, uh, we got. Uh, new MOUs out at least within like the last month of, of uh route evaluations now taking place throughout through with the yep. use of the GPS functionality of the scanners we've got people clocking in and yep. out with the scanners like I haven't experienced any of this but you know I just know what I've seen let's just say we've I think we've all seen abuse take place from uh, sure. from from information that has been allegedly gathered with the scanner or not gathered with the scanner, yeah. and yeah. when they put so much, I, I feel like there's a lot of emphasis and a lot of uh, credibility being put on a device that has been problematic to begin with. Kind of concerns me. I don't know what's your uh, yeah. what's your take on that?
0: Well, I always have that skepticism because <clears throat> of scanners. I mean they they get freaking wet and every time they get wet it wants to log me out all the time have you had that problem happen yet if not <laughs> wait it's a real pain in the ass it's always got those little glitch things in it so i'm always i'm always a little concerned about that you know i also think that uh, initially that i i worry because you know that sampling request is always off you know how can the rest of the gps be off but i did find out the reason why that is it's very simply put uh, the gps program is a different program than the one that uh, is, runs the uh, the, random, the random sampling one. So the random sampling one, the GPS accuracy on it, it just isn't as accurate because of the technology that's used in that program versus the other one. So uh, interesting, but uh, a lot of people, most people probably think you got one GPS device in there that works uh, to power or function two different programs in my understanding from what I, from what I heard, uh, is that that's not the way that it works. So, uh, um, and maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe you should use the, maybe you should use the technology in the program for the one that's more accurate for the other one. But, but anywho, uh, from what I hear, uh, the program is pretty accurate with respect to using the, the tech, uh, the data to, uh, make the adjustments the the issue because i mean it, it's it's down to the very second the i think the problem that people are going to run into is uh when they start looking at uh times and stuff like that and people don't agree with times on certain days you, you know and things like that the problem is is the scanner is pretty accurate now um, so uh i mean whatever data you're you're putting into it uh you know, is, is, that's what it's basically going to be judging it off of. So uh, the other thing is, is if, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're one of those people that likes to, to deviate from your route and through doing that on a, even a semi routine and to a routine basis, that data is basically more or less right now. I don't, I hate to use the term built into your route, but you know, you're the, the right. time that supervisors can see <clears> throat> encompasses throat> all that. So, when you go out there and they look at your route and they say, "Oh, you're eight and a half hours over," but it seems like you always deviate off your route fifteen minutes on a regular basis, they're going to question that deviation, you know. So those kinds of things are going to come up. Um, but you know, I I completely understand people's skepticism with it. You know, I had an opportunity to talk to some people recently who are involved in that process, union folks who went to get trained to do it. Um, it's it's pretty uh, it's complex. Um, you know, uh, it's a new, different program. So you got, you know, the NLC is usually pretty good about putting experienced route adjustment people into that. The problem is, though, is that, uh, you know, you got different technology probably and uh, different way of doing things because it's not exactly the same as the other. So people uh, are going to have to learn it, you know. Uh, I also uh, am under the understanding that there's still a short of, of equipment needed to... Um, do all those route adjustments and the postal service is going to have to find that equipment so um... there's a lot of what ifs and uh... a lot of uh... Un, uh what's the hmm. term i'm looking for uh... Unassured people right now who are, are worried about the the process and i and i completely understand um, it was also my understanding and I and i'm uh, feel free to scrutinize if you heard differently but uh... offices will have the option of opting into this uh, or not. So, I would think most offices would probably want to opt into it, but um, just be mindful of that if you have questions about that, you might want to start going to your branch meeting real quick. Right. Because I right. think it's to start in the next couple of months or so, or less. Well, I mean, pardon the, me for not knowing but, the idea. Uh, do you of, want to know
1: the idea of not having a supervisor in the truck with me or following me around all day. Is very appealing. Like I don't care. I don't care who you are. For sure. <laughs> I don't like it when customers watch me work. Let alone my boss. <laughs> so yeah. you know, uh, you know, it'd be nice if they, you know, when it, when you come to these these adjustments, obviously there's there's your street component of it, and then there, there's your office component of it, and we yep. all know that there is no street standard. Therefore, where management wants to cut time. And you see this all with all these little like little projects that they do. I'm sure you've maybe you've heard about this red line thing that they do in some offices or whatever. But uh, I heard about that recently. I don't know
0: much about it. Yeah,
1: I had to look into it myself. But they're they're trying to shave office time. I mean, that's a given, you know. And honestly, I don't know. You know, maybe our listeners can can uh, can testify to this or you know. But the last time I had a mail count done, or did a mail count, or any, you know, a, a traditional office count, dude. That form is from like nineteen eighty, right? Like that, <laughs> the the the, oh, the, the the BS on that form. It's got all these things that we just simply just do not do. You know, it's yeah. not part of, with the, when automation and the mail volume that we have now and this type of mail that comes through our offices anymore. Like this form, like straight up, needs to be updated one hundred percent. You know, and they've they've been picking at that fixed office time for for years and years and years. You know what I mean? And that's just it's like always. This is it's sorry guys, but you get you get there if, from the moment I punch in. There's going to be thirty three minutes, okay, or whatever the the number is. You know, but like that red line it's- thing, they come through and they they put a, a red line basically by the door where you come in, and you're sp- basically supposed to like hand off all of your your Everything you bring back, right? All of your PM stuff, you know, your your UBBM, your markups, you know, notified packages, blah 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 blah. All the stuff that you take care of in the PM office, you're supposed to just push that in. You can't go past the red line. You hand that off to a clerk, and they they apparently do your PM shit, and then you just clock out and go home. Uh, they put this, they put the line in our office. Right. And I we came in and I said, What's this? Is this for the uh is this the uh, morning sobriety check? Is this what we're doing here? We're gonna walk this <laughs> line. <laughs> okay, can I can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. What do you, what
0: do you mean, uh your the clerks do your PM office stuff? What does that mean in, in That's detail?
1: My understanding like like I said, I've only like I've read forum posts and I have okay. I've never actually physically spoken to somebody that has okay, dealt that dealt with this policy and it being implemented within their office. But it's my understanding from what I have seen written by by other carriers that apparently you, you push in your your cart, your gurney, whatever you're using to transport your mail <laughs> from your truck dirty. to the uh, to the inside of the building. <clears throat> you bring it in, and you basically you just stop, right? You deposit your outgoing mail, and then you bring in your stuff and then that's where your job ends. And apparently the somebody else is supposed to take your stuff, either take it to your case and f- I don't know the extent of how much of their pm office duties they are supposed to be doing or if they're like supposed to file your do your markups. I mean that, that all sounds insane to me, right? Like are they how- filing your
0: article A grievances now too because that's <laughs> what I'm going to end up doing.
1: Right? <laughs> But uh, it was very short lived in my office. Like we never even got to talk about it. They put the line Uh, on the floor, and we all made jokes about it. And then nothing ever happened. Like they didn't even talk. They didn't even talk to us about like what it was going to be. The supervisors were like, "We don't know. We didn't put it here. Whatever." And nothing ever came of it. But if you you know anybody that's listening can go online and you just look up red line policies, and they'll Mm. they you know you'll you'll find a, a, a plethora of, of knowledge out there of people that have been dealing with this sort of thing but from my understanding is that uh, as with most policies management implemented it and then they were grieved right out of right out of existence <laughs> because you know obviously you can't make unilateral changes to rulebook book and and work pr- workplace procedures just arbitrarily yeah. out of like sorry, but like my AM and PM office duties are literally written down in the book. If you want to change the book, you got to talk to the union. And then you guys, yeah. Can come- and why
0: would you want to go ahead?
1: No, go, yeah, go ahead. I was just lamenting was say, about why would you?
0: Why would you want somebody else doing uh, the work of letter carriers? Because the letter carrier knows how to do it. He probably knows more about doing their job than somebody else and i mean it's just it just blatantly sounds like a violation of the contract to do that anyway so
1: oh completely uh, i'm not
0: surprised by it but i mean go figure you know you know you know back to real quick to this route adjustment thing you know especially with the the office times i mean there's 33 minutes of fixed office time there if you need it if you can justify the use of that every day great if you can only justify 15 to 20 minutes of it great but it's there for you to use if you need it you just got to make sure you can justify it um people forget about that stuff you know Um, people will come in and do like your pm uh, office functions on street time because they just they get out of that rhythm of how they're supposed to do it that will affect your route adjustment too so this really comes down to uh, um are we doing the correct things that we're supposed to be doing on the correct operational code so to speak uh that operational code being your office time and your street time uh and you know as union members leaders etc we can only do so much to try to uh remind people of that without getting or i should say without crossing that line of you know being bossy you know obviously you don't want to be like that but uh certainly you know you you want to make sure people have the right information and they're doing the right thing that way when you come down to things like this routes get adjusted as about as quote unquote fairly as possible so just thought I'd throw that out
1: there. Oh yeah, for sure, <clears throat> and uh, that makes uh, that makes complete sense. And I I don't think you'd have a hard time finding anybody that would be that would that would disagree with that by any stretch of the imagination. But also, you know what? Like there are, how do I put this? Like there are things that are built into our job and our duties every day that are inherently inefficient. And for some people, that is a real like it, it's painful to have to <laughs> to do something so yeah. like incredibly inefficiently. But they that's just that's how it is. They've decided and they put it in the book, and that's how it how it is. And we just have to like, you just kind of have to mm-hmm. like suck it up and just do it the way that it needs to be done.
0: Yeah, just do it. Just do it the way that you're supposed to. Don't don't worry about it. as long as you're getting paid to do it. I mean, so right. be it. we only have so <laughs> much control over the rules that are made. We all we all end up being subject to rules that we don't really agree with in every facet of life, mm-hmm. and all through life. So it's just another one of those things you got to deal with. What's important is is uh, most important is is are you getting paid to do it? If you're not getting paid to do it, you need to be heavily scrutinizing it. If you are getting paid for it, well, you know, suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, you know? and
1: you know your route is supposed to be eight hours adjusted to you that is how it works you you don't adjust yourself to the route like your assignment is right. supposed to be an 8 hour assignment both office duties and street duties for an 8 hour day like you i don't know why you would want your route to be more than that like who who, who wants your route to be more than 8 hours every single day you know i mean i'm sure there's the your overtime crowds got their hands up at this point going ah, me, Oh, me sure. <laughs> but uh, you know that's the way it's supposed to so be it is for. and if they can <laughs> If they can implement a faster way to adjust assignments and not go – if they're cutting bureaucratic red tape with these scanners, like I – number one, I'm curious to see how it works out. And number two, I, I kind of hope it works out. I hope that we can get routes adjusted faster than doing six-day counts with street observations and then consultations and the the whole the whole run of it, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, there there's this MOU that came out for it did offer that option where, uh, you know, if your branch president and the postmaster can sit down and, and formulate a route adjustment program for the office and it's efficient and it passed all the tests from the higher-up people, I'm pretty sure it has to go through NALC headquarters and USPS headquarters. If it, if it passes that test, you can do it and skip the whole other process um that they're coming up with so and that's not a bad idea but that requires some work at the local level and hopefully you've got that kind of rapport with the office uh, managers specifically station manager postmaster whoever uh and you can do that so and maybe some places have already had that done in the past which is which is possible but um other than that we're subject to the other thing um and it is it is what it is right so it takes what um, it takes. You know, uh,
1: <laughs> it takes what it takes. Shameless plug for the podcast here, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Speaking of it, it takes what it takes, uh, going back to the heat coming up, you know, people make sure you take the the rest breaks that you need, you know, use that scanner, let management know, hey, you know, it's it's 100 degrees out. I got to stop and cool off. I got to stop at McDonald's real quick and cool off because I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out or, hey, I blasted through all my water in my Gatorade. I got to make a comfort stop and get water do it you know yeah Uh, if you got issues in the office with management ragging on you you need to go right to your union steward and say hey look maybe i need to fill out a 1767 maybe you need to file an article 14 if there's some sort of a violation here but i gotta stop and get water i gotta stop the cool down i'm hoping most offices are usually pretty cool that to be fair mine's usually pretty good about it um usually when it hits the heat index gets up around 100 the uh, postmaster actually goes out and buys a bottle of water it has two big coolers full of just ice but it's loads of bottle water and people grab a couple a day or whatever so yeah they did, maybe uh, that's something you can talk to people about good
1: yeah they did something similar to like that at our office but that supervisor that that did that just quit so we'll see how we'll see how Ooh. that goes <laughs> but that's yeah you know like goes. you said uh, you take breaks as needed when there is a a health concern especially when it comes to heat, especially when it comes to heat, cause it does not take much. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. I don't care. Uh, if you are, yep. if you are a decathlon athlete or you are on the verge of retirement and are more or less in your getting up close to your sixties, you know, like the heat can, can take yeah. you down. Dehydration can take you down so quickly. And it is so easy to ignore the beginning signs. It's just like just regular just discomfort that you experience on the job. Like myself, when I get dehydrated, the first thing that comes to me is a headache. And I know that, like, if yeah. I'm getting a headache, like, it is time to stop. It is time to drink some water and get myself back into back into uh, operational shape for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, and even – and I know this is kind of – you're probably going to laugh at this, but even just getting – um one of the symptoms of uh heat exhaustion is just even just getting irritated mm. and just and having some all of a sudden irritability which is you're probably like well i'm irrit- i gotta all the time you know i gotta <laughs> deal with customers and, you know right but i mean you, you know when you're out in the heat that's that's one of those other signs that if you just all of a sudden start getting really irritable and your attitude changes you know maybe you need to go cool off a little bit you know and i don't mean that metaphorically i mean that literally <laughs> right and maybe maybe metaphorically too um, but you know, and, and, heat exhaustion is one of those things and I've had it. So I understand, uh, once you get it, uh, you're, you're subject to it the rest of your life, believe it or not. It's oh, yeah. kind of like frostbite. So, and it don't, it can only get worse. It can't get any better. So I know like for me, uh, uh, I, I do, my I really do diligence when I feel those symptoms coming on. Uh, I just, I just stop and take a break and then I send that message on that scanner. That way it's documented. <laughs> Yep. That way, it's not just you sitting at your truck taking a ten minute break checking your TikTok and your Spacebooks, right? As I like to joke around and call it. Uh, but, uh, I see
1: Yeah, I carry a, a a cooler with me on a daily basis. Uh, in the summer months, that bad boy is yeah. filled filled with ice. filled And I take take a Smart. wet wet kitchen towel from my house and I throw ice, it in there. Yeah. And when it's you know that that towel that's been sitting in ice water. Ring that bad boy mm-hmm. out! Put it over my neck. Put it on my face. Put it on my head. You know,
0: <clears throat> those those of, us,
1: those of us that uh, you know, this is a this is a plug for uh, shaving your head. I'm overdue for a haircut myself, but uh, <clears throat> you know, it really works wonders when you don't have any hair on your head <laughs> as well. And uh, that's just one yeah. of the one of the tip one of the tricks that I use to uh, to keep myself cooled down. You know, and it it helps. You know, if you can get that and, you know, get that sweat off of your body, use that cold towel, use ice, use water, whatever you got to use to get that heat off of your skin, move that, exchange that, that hot air and that hot surface for something colder can really keep you in the game longer and can, you can relieve, uh, avoid a lot of problematic symptoms because like, like you said, once you get hit with heat exhaustion, the next step is heat stroke. Right. And that's where you've got a serious medical problem and you are going to need professional medical personnel to to take care of you. And nobody wants to go to the hospital, especially not for the post office. Right.
0: You know, I, I know people that uh, – I know uh, one of my very good friends, she wears long-sleeve shirts in the summertime, and people are thinking, holy shit, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Believe right. it or not, it's, it's good material. It keeps the sun off, keeps her skin uh, cool, and she really doesn't have to use sunblock. Right. So if that might be something that people can look into, you can probably go to your major sporting goods stores to pick that shit up. But at the very least, put sunblock on every hour, 20 minutes, 120 minutes – put sunblock on constantly i'm pointing to my head here for those of you can't see the camera i have to constantly put shit (laughs) on this face because it is bald and pale ass white so i burn up just like that yeah so i've always got to do that
1: my problem spot is my ears man and a lot of people overlook that like i if i'm gonna get sunburnt, the first place it's gonna happen is gonna be my ears and i don't wear i wear the baseball cap i know some guys like the uh like the helmet (laughs) <laughs> or the uh, the bucket style hat. Uh, it's
0: helmets. I got one of those. Yeah,
1: I. Those I, are nice. Those are not. They're not for me. Uh, I've tried them. It just not, didn't, yep. doesn't work for me. But I'm the. Uh, I rock the baseball cap year round. And my ears, man. First thing, if I'm out in the sun for an hour or so, I can almost guarantee I'm gonna get and that skin up there right next to the cartilage. It's thin. You know, it's very susceptible yep. to intense burns before you even know that it's occurred. So. You yeah. know, keep that keep Nose, that sunblock ears, on you,
0: for sure. Yeah, little... and take them breaks for God's sake. Take yeah. them breaks this week, people, and them extra breaks if you need them for water. Stay hydrated. And start hyd- and it. I know people joke about it, but you know, stay. Start hydrating the night before. <coughs> you Pump that shit mm-hmm. in your body, so your body is already pissing clear by the time you wake <laughs> up the next one yeah, that's but, the goal it's close I, to they the had positive. a
1: uh back to the, you know the beginning of our conversation here they got a phrase when you're out on doing a long distance trail they call it cameling up and what that is is when you get to yeah. a water you know i'm carrying around like when how i get water out on out on a, a hike like that <laughs> out on trail i carry a water bottle and i carry and it's got a uh a uh, purifier threaded to the top of it, a water filter threaded to the top of it. When you get to a water nice. source, the first thing you do, you fill that bottle up, you slap that filter on there, and you drink that entire bottle of water. Then fill it up again, throw that in your backpack, and carry that with you to the next water source. Like, camel up. Before you leave the house, when you get home, oh, yeah. just drink as much water. And you know what, dude? If you got to stop to go to the bathroom, you got to stop to go to the that's, I'd rather go take a leak than, uh, you know, suffer heat exhaustion or dehydration or even worse, heat stroke. So
0: Yeah, you know it, if you got to stop multiple times to get something to drink and like you said, it creates extra bathroom breaks. Uh it takes what it, it takes. It takes what it takes. So don't don't <laughs> sweat it. That is what it is. And you got any problems you need to get a hold of that Union student right away and tell it. Absolutely.
1: Well, on that note, Dave, I think that we've uh, we've definitely taken enough of people's time here. Uh, we yes. are, should be back to a normal normal production schedule. I mean, everything withstanding, standing. Yep. Uh, you know, like always. You know, we're both parents and we're both letter carriers, so a lot of our time is is taken up. But uh, hopefully, we'll be able to start cranking these things out on a more consistent basis
0: yeah we'll work around our schedules uh i think the only thing i got coming up that i know of will probably be the national convention which i believe is august 8th mm. through the 12th um so I, I and i'm not looking at the calendar if that uh interferes with the project uh, the, the production schedule we'll work it around that but i think other than that i don't i don't have any other uh, annual leave planned other than that i've got about just under two weeks left that, that i could take but I always like to try to roll over if I can, So yeah. but who knows?
1: Who knows? And uh, for our our, yeah. our listeners, if you uh, are interested in our views and some information regarding the National Convention, I believe I want to say Episode 2 where we had John Griffin on, go back and listen to that. I think we talked a little bit about National there and some of the things that you can expect uh, if you've never been to one of those conventions before or if you're thinking about okay. going and you want to know what you're getting into i s- suggest that go listen to uh go listen to episode number two and uh you know you should listen to all the episodes really but <laughs> that withstanding, uh go listen to episode two and look for that uh look for that information as well and with that dave i think that we can go ahead and uh let's go ahead and call it quits here my man man
0: all right. Uh, remember, everybody, no matter what happens in that office, it takes what it takes. It takes
1: what it takes. All right. See you all later. See ya. It Takes What It Takes, a letter carrier podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Recent episodes are also available on SoundCloud. We record live streamed on Twitch and Discord. If that's not your thing, all of our streams are uploaded to YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at It Takes What It Takes Podcast for the most up to date information and for links to all of our social media channels. Feel free to slide into our DMs, send us an email, or a first-class letter for questions, comments, or content and guest recommendations. The podcast is produced by Travis and Dave, and the music you are hearing in the intro and outro of the podcast is written and performed by Rust Belt Road Show. You can find them on Instagram at show and Spotify and Apple Music.